The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On round two today, Sunira Chaudhry is here, employment lawyer at Workley Law. Robert Benzie, Queen's Park Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. Richard Krause, host of the podcast, Last Call with Richard Krause. And uh, Robert Benzie, I have to start with you because all the drama was unfolding at Queen's Park yesterday and they even sealed it with a hug. But this brand new historic deal between the province and the city and everyone seems to be happy, although I thought the premier was funny when he said we're only half happy. Well, as, as the premier said, John, and uh, and he, as a former city councillor, knows uh, that the Don Valley Parkway and the Gardner Expressway, as he said, it's like an 800-pound gorilla on your back because it's very, very expensive for the city to maintain. It was always a weird anomaly that the city, that city taxpayers responsible for two highways that in fact are used by people from outside the city more than probably they are by people in the city. So I think it was a good deal that Olivia Chow struck uh, with Premier Ford, but it's also a good deal for him because he gets uh, her out of the way, I guess, on Ontario Place, even though the Ontario Place redevelopment didn't hinge on on the mayor's um, acquiescence. I think it's helpful that she's indicated that she's willing to play ball and that, you know, it's it, it's about the greater good. And she got a good deal for Toronto. And I think the, the progressives who are giving her grief, you know, on social media and other places maybe need to look at the real world, not, not their little fantasy land that they live in online. Yeah, I want to get to Ontario Place in greater detail in a moment, but focus on the deal at the moment. And Sunira Chaudhry, it's it's nice to see politicians not trying to, you know, have political gain against each other, actually coming up with a reasonable deal. Yeah, I think this is a huge uh, win for Mayor Chow. It's sure is a feather in, in Mayor Chow's cap, I think, to get this deal uh, done so early, uh, I think, in her term, because this is what... The, particularly the people of Toronto, I think, want to see. They want to see some answers and some development when it comes to uh, the DVP and the Gardner. Of course, when it comes to transit, I mean, transit's a big part of this deal. There's going to be, I think, 55 new subways. I mean, huge funding, $750 million in fundings for new subway trains. Uh, when it comes to shelters, we've been talking about shelters, the issues with encampments in the city. So here in this deal, there there's, looks like there's a solution, $600 million for support for operating shelters. I mean, these are really, really big, big ticket items and really, I think, responding to what us uh, every week, what we're often focused on, John, are these issues, the highways, transit, and the homelessness problem. And this deal tackles all three. Yeah, Richard Krause, maybe I'm being too optimistic about all of this, but it's felt over the last while that it's a bit like New York in the 1970s here in Toronto, Mm -hmm. and maybe we're going to be able to crawl our way out. Yeah, it's hard not to uh, feel like Toronto is a city in decline uh, if you spend any time in it. Uh, I live right downtown. Uh, Almost every time I leave the house, I feel as though I've entered some kind of dystopia with uh, large tracts of land that have been ripped down. And, you know, eventually there will be a building there, but maybe it'll take 10 years. Uh, Big holes uh, where new buildings will be, uh, you know, uh, 
all sorts of other social issues that we see every time you walk out the front door and it's it it wears on you after a little while so i welcomed this as a bit of good news yesterday i think uh that for sure it's transactional in a way that i really didn't uh imagine mayor chow uh being but i'm glad i think it's good for toronto i think that uh all the issues that we've been talking about as Sanira just said on this round table for weeks and months uh hopefully will be at least partially addressed and and get the ball rolling to actually fixing this city and doing what needs to be done so it's livable again Sanira chaudhry let's move on to the issue of ontario place and that seems to have been the price of admission for olivia chow but count me amongst the people who doesn't i don't really mind if they build a spa there i'm not a big fan of the idea of a parking garage we can get to the design of that later but i just you know i don't think it's that high price to pay it's not like they're going to build a fun park yeah i mean we act like ontario place is a jewel in toronto's crown john but when it comes down to it, it's more like our abandoned child i, I used to live <laughs> in king king west for almost 10 years running through that millennium park as they called it ontario place abandoned shuttered and of course you had to wonder are they going to do anything with this huge tract of land and the fact that mayor chow has now sort of said fine here you go ontario you want to deal with it great i think it's a really smart concession yeah richard kraus it's i don't think we're going to be seriously impoverished i bike around there and i guess if you have visions of creating something like they did in chicago then maybe you're going to be bitterly disappointed but i don't think it's this gem that we're going to destroy I, well, there's nothing really there to destroy right now. I mean, the, you know, there is the environmental impact, and that will all be taken care of, I'm sure, uh, with studies when they decide to exactly what they're going to do out there. Uh, but the place has been empty for decades or, or more now. We need to move forward. We are a city that gets paralyzed by uh, panels. We have to talk everything to death, and then nothing happens. Uh, at least now, as of this morning, it feels as though there are more concrete things happening and we just need forward momentum here we we haven't had it for a very long time covid was uh, partially to blame for that uh but still it's just this stasis that the city seems to have been in uh that it feels like a little bit now there's a crack there's a crack and it hopefully it means that uh some of these big problems and big headlines like ontario place will finally uh get resolved robert benzie was this always going to be the price of admission for Olivia Chow to get out of the way and let the province do whatever the heck it wants? I mean, John, it really was the, the best and only lever that she had in this. Um, I mean, remember, cities are creations of the province, so the, the province can do pretty much what it wants. Um, but for Premier Ford, it, it, it means that his vision of, of, of Ontario Place can, can kind of go forward without uh, the nuisance of a popular mayor, and Mayor, and mayor Chow still is popular, haranguing him at every turn along the way uh, i think i i think that i understand the earnestness of the folks who want to keep the ontario place for all folks and 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 i lived not far from there and spent a lot of time during the pandemic wandering around ontario place and snare is bang on it has been abandoned since the liberal government closed it in 2012 for budget for budgetary reasons to save about 20 million dollars a year 
and it needed a refresh. And I don't know whether this Thermae Spa will be a good thing or a bad thing, but the idea that it was somehow going to just be a park uh, that the city would somehow control or have a say over was was always fanciful. And frankly, as long as this, as city parks that they do control, like Allen Gardens, are not fit for purpose right now uh, because of the encampments that are allowed to exist there, I think that this deal will go a long way to, to finding those homeless folks appropriate housing and shelter and so that they won't be living in, in parks and then we'll have more available parkland. So maybe it's a win-win-win in that way. Well, and speaking of homeless people, a new study out says more and more ERs, emergency rooms, are being used by homeless people for shelter. Richard, I'll start with you on this one. I can attest firsthand. I went to an emergency room in the summer months and we arrived at about 6.37 and there had to be about 10 people sleeping in the emergency room and when the guard finally started flushing them out it seemed like that was his daily ritual yeah and you see it uh in any space downtown uh that can be thought of as some sort of refuge it's a place that's open to the public where you can go um that includes libraries it includes uh you know the malls the hudson bay uh center over here uh if you walk through that after about six o'clock particularly now that the weather is getting colder and colder um there are people sleeping in there as well people are uh going to use whatever situation they can find uh, to not freeze to death. It's absolutely unsurprising to me that uh, that emergency rooms are maybe the latest uh, place to go, but th- this is no surprise. There's more and more homeless people and there's more and more uh, demand for places for them to go, which harkens back to the last conversation that we just had. Now, maybe finally, we'll have some money to actually fix the systemic problems uh, that have led to the situation that we're in now. Hoping, but Sunira, I have to say, I, I increasingly have almost no hope that we're going to be able to improve our homeless situation. And it just seems to be an epidemic. Yeah, uh, I've had a similar experience that you had, uh, John, um, uh, at an ER uh, within the last few months. There was a very heavy police presence. There were, you know, homeless people that were there using all of the facilities. So, for example, if you needed to use the restroom, you weren't going to be able to get in there. Um, Of of course, also people asking, you know, nurses and healthcare practitioners, paramedics for food. So, you the, the the amount of indirect and direct stress that this places on our city healthcare systems. I mean, we can't ignore that. that There is a huge problem of homelessness in the city, but we also have to consider the consequences of not dealing with it. It's it's going to make our healthcare, you know, be the, the, the support mechanism, which our city just simply cannot sustain. I mean, of course, when people need to go to the emergency room, they're going because they have an emergency. And if people are going to you know, be turned away and or they're going to be longer wait times. That is like a critical problem that we can't ignore. And listen, in the time that we have left, uh, Robert Benzie, you're a well-dressed man. So perhaps you can appreciate Jugmeet Singh's uh, sartorial <laughs> pleasure and him being spotted with a bag from the Versace shop. Is that anything for a socialist to be ashamed of? I, I mean, I'll be full disclosure, Jagmeet Singh, I, I know from when he was the deputy leader of the Ontario New Democrats, and uh, he actually gave me some sartorial advice uh, years ago. He was the one who told me, he said, he said, Benzie, you got to start wearing using pocket squares. And I said, yeah. you know what, he's right. And, and, and now I do, as you know, John, I love my pocket squares. So uh, Jagmeet is a, a fashion plate. I mean, 
is it does it send a signal to people that he's not you know that he's maybe an elitist because he goes to versace i i don't know he's a well-dressed man and he uh is a is a fashion leader i guess you could say uh, i think i think uh it's um it's I, I it's sort of gotcha politics i mean you know what does does he does he uh, argue for the greater good of society probably he does so i think that that i would cut him some slack for the versace shopping okay i do perfectly well at frank and oak to be honest but uh one last <laughs> note before letting you all go richard Krauss, you're going to be hosting the rush this afternoon I am. Four hours of my nonsense from two until six uh, today. Um, I don't know what we're talking about. I'm sure some of the things we've been talking about on this roundtable will come up and we'll uh, get into them in some depth from two until six. Looking forward to it. Richard Krause this afternoon on The Rush from two to six p.m. Sunera Chaudhry and Robert Benzi on the panel. And uh, coming up in the next half hour, Scott Reed makes a repeat appearance. Uh, his Tuesday morning segment is called Overhyped and Under played. Uh, we're also going to talk about whether or not AI is writing articles for a magazine.